I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. I know you to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast. A podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and let's talk about some moms. And my name is Colin Drucker, and how do you hold a piece of cake without taking a bite? Uh, <laughs> Ooh, that's true. She gave it back. She gave it back. I mean, who is this woman? Who is this monster? I don't care. <clears throat> if she left her kids, or if she cheated on her husband, or if she stole a doll, she didn't take the fucking cake. I think that's the real offense of this movie. Yeah, more like see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had to. <laughs> um, well, well, today we are very clearly here to finally talk about Sonia Morgan's My Lois Daughter. Uh, Oscar nominee across the board for Best Picture, I believe, Best Actress for Olivia Coleman, Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actress for Jesse Buckley, uh, despite the fact that she honestly, in my opinion, looks nothing like Carol King. Uh, so I don't know what she was yeah. doing in that musical. Um, I still just, <laughs> I'm still not positive, you know? Uh, I still don't believe you that Jesse Mueller is a different person, but I'll trust I you. I know. Yeah. <laughs> They're like a same type. Uh, we'll we'll let it right. slide. Yeah, they could play sisters. I think so. Yes. Um, and I am uh, I'm really excited to talk to you because we haven't talked at all about this. And no, this is my second watch and your first watch, unless you watched it more than once. I did not. I watched a lot of TikToks. I listened to a couple podcasts, watched a couple YouTube videos, but only watched it once. So I feel I feel good though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that case, I I am dying to know. Let's just get into it because I had so many feelings about this movie. What did you what did you think? What's your take on Sonia Morgan's My Lost Daughter? <laughs> I love that we're calling. That, I just refuse. Uh, it's like that, you yes. know, you know what, in the being, you know who is. Like now, at this point, I have yes. committed. I have to call it, you know, S M S M M L D. Small. Yes. Uh, so I guess it's it's hard to answer, and I mean, I have my general answer is that I liked this movie. I I'm really trying to cast aside, um, you know. Because I didn't watch this movie because you said you didn't like it. I kind of just, I wish I would have, when you said I didn't like it, I would. I wish I would have watched it like the next day mm. and just kind of, uh, not that there's really too much of a difference too. I mean, I'm, you know, free to make my own assumptions about whatever film I choose. Yeah. But I, 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 you know, I was talking to Keon about it too. Like oftentimes we talk about it on the podcast a lot too, that sometimes if I were to watch a movie 
were I would I think that this was an Oscar movie? Like, would I, you know, would I think that these performances are Oscar worthy? Perhaps, maybe even Oscar winning for Olivia Coleman. Coleman, excuse me, um, which we'll talk about. Uh, yes, I I think so, and I think after watching, it, it reminded me a lot of Power of the Dog. I was like, okay. I get some of the stuff that you're putting down here, Maggie, as Maggie Gyllenhaal wrote and directed this. Um, but I, I need some help. I need some help explaining, you know, what's under the iceberg of, of, you know, what are you really trying to tell us? And I do think it's a beautiful movie. It's a very subtle movie filled with sort of, in ways, subtle performances. Uh, I do think one one takeaway coming away from this is like i'm pretty content with jesse buckley getting a nomination for this uh because you know what we had talked about previously it's it's just you you know you know she masturbates and that's all she does but i was like oh, i i think she's a good actress and i think it was a good performance um you know of course we'd rather have Anne, uh you know or even ruth nega in there but those are my opening thoughts and there's more but um I'll I'll start with that. All right. Yeah. So it it sounds like uh, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Maybe didn't fully. And I don't say this sounds. This sounds like you know condescending. Didn't fully get it. And no, I yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I didn't fully get it either. So I'm not sitting here going. (laughs) Well, I know you didn't understand this movie. So I guess we'll have to dumb it down for you. No, I definitely. I found watching it a second time helped illuminate a lot that was very unclear the first time around and would actually say that it is worth a second watch Mm -hmm. though i i have so many thoughts i have so many thoughts so i guess to address yeah from the beginning like do i like this movie which for anyone who's like, what's the Sonia Morgan bullshit? It's, of course, obviously The Lost Daughter on Netflix, but, you know, you make one dumb joke once, and then you force yourself to keep making it. So now it's Sonia Morgan's <laughs> My Lost Daughter. And, uh, you know, I first saw it, I don't know, uh, maybe, like, right after it, it came out on streaming. And, yeah, I kind of came away from it like, I don't know about this movie. This was not – I think it was like, this is not what I wanted it to be, and I don't know what the – what what is this? And – yeah. And I think it was it was kind of similar to what you were saying, where I felt like I had I had tried some like gourmet dish that some someone had made at a restaurant, and I was like, "Well, I can tell this is gourmet, but I don't know what it is, um, and I don't know if yeah. I like it." And so I I will say I'm really glad I went back for a second course because I liked the Lost Daughter, SMMLD, uh, so much more <laughs> the second time. Than the first time. In fact, all of the like quote unquote present day stuff with Olivia Coleman, I always kind of liked that. But the second time around, I loved it. And I mm-hmm. think my I agree with you. I think Jesse Buckley is giving a good performance. I think for me the problem is I never enjoyed the flashbacks because it was either like crying children or Peter Sars yeah. you know? And it was just it was a miserable experience. I think intentionally those, those flashbacks mm-hmm. were all miserable. Like it was just like, if you don't like listening to children whine, trust me, you will hate this movie. Yeah. I think one of my takeaways too is like, it's, it gives me, it gave me like a, a it's like a lot of I just, it, melancholy. Like after I watched it, I was, I wasn't really in a mood, but Keon asked me how it was. And I was like, it's hard to explain. It's like a, 
I don't know, it's like a drama, but it's also like a mystery and like a horror movie, like all at the same right. time. It's it's really hard to categorize. But I, I do think, like you said, that that is the point. It's like it's a portrait of motherhood, like the good, the bad and the ugly uh, in, in every sense of the word. And just, you know, through seeing, you know, Jesse Buckley as a young Olivia Coleman, and then, um, of course, uh, her meeting up with Nina. Um Oh my gosh, uh, Dakota! No, not Dakota Fanning. What Dakota am I, Johnson. Why am I saying that? Yeah. Dakota Johnson. Um, seeing that relationship and seeing them kind of become buddies, but not buddies, like near the end, um, was really interesting. And yes, it is like it made me never want to have kids. <laughs> I yeah, absolutely. And I think that's you know that probably influences someone's experience with this movie because it really is, I think it, yeah. it, it almost to the point of, if you know, you know, kind of moments of what it feels mm-hmm. like to be a young mother or a mother at all. And, you know, I think probably a feeling a lot of parents have had of those moments of like, Oh, I just want to like get on a bus and disappear, you know? And like, I just, yeah. I just want to run away in the middle of the night. I just can't do this anymore. And like, you know, I, I had that experience once with Marco early in our days where I was like, you know what? I don't think this is working out. You have chewed my computer cable. I am done with you. But uh, no. obviously that was a short-lived thing. And as he's splayed out on the floor next to me, clearly that did not happen. <laughs> um, yes. But I, I think there's that too, that there's so many nuances about kind of the the experience of motherhood, whether it's you know, later, you know, in present day with a sort of, you know, detached relationship with her adult daughters or, you know, in the, you know, flashbacks and the challenges with when they were young and with her husband or then really seeing herself in Nina and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of seeing like, oh, like I, I have your number. I know exactly, I know exactly what you're going through right now. And um, you might want to consider running away for three years, you know, and, And then, and then probably my favorite thing about this movie is another mother narrative that is, is less central to the plot, but highlights what I'd like to consider a true assistant to the BSA, this movie. And that is Callie, uh, played by Dagmara. Oh, God damn. I should have practiced it. Uh, Dominic, Domin. Oh, we're going to try this again. Dagmara Dominic. Love it. She's from Succession, too, and I don't watch Succession, but um, that's what I hear. <laughs> and apparently she's Patrick Wilson's wife. Not that she's just Patrick Ooh, Wilson's wife. Oh, a lucky lady. Right? Oh, my God. But what a gorgeous couple. Like, just, ugh. Ugh. So, um, yeah, how do you like that? But she, I, I'm going to see if I know her from anything else, but I, I loved her. She, I think she's actually my favorite part of this movie. That cake scene was so good. Oh, my gosh, I know. Or even when she first asks her to move, she's like, I don't even really know what to say to you right now. I mean, it just is all you have to do is like move your chair like five feet down the beach. It's just no, I don't understand. Right, right. So my family can be together. I don't understand. Oh, my God. I mean, that is I I didn't fully appreciate on first watch this like yeah. big Queens family in Greece that were just as as the one character will says, they're not good people. And that really yeah. stuck out stuck out to me the second time around was like the way in which like obviously there's you know the 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 doll has been stolen and there's a sense of like oh these poor people they lost their doll and the kid is crying and all that but there's like the reminder of like no these people suck 
Yeah, one of my favorite like tableaus of her is like at the very. It's like I don't know, like three quarters of the way through the movie, where she's just like staring at Leda from across the. But she had the way she's like laying in her lounge chair. She has like one leg up and her knees bent. It's uh-huh. so funny. Yeah, it's like she's a caricature, but like she she like you said that cake scene. She like has a real moment, and it's just like this little thing, and you see her like you know in the gift shop or whatever. But it's interesting. As far as, you know, her as a, because she is a mother-to-be, she doesn't get, you know, what it's like to be a mother yet. You know, we have Leda, who obviously went through her own relationship with her kids and left for three years and then did come back. And then you see Nina, who is kind of in the throw of motherhood and really just exhausted by it. With Nina and Leda, these are two women who clearly got young got pregnant at a young age and yeah you know like really had similar narratives of becoming mothers at a young age and really maybe not either being prepared for it or wanting it and then there's Callie who's 42 and had been trying for eight years and finally got pregnant and so I feel like there's like it's this interesting it's almost like the three of them are like uh if you if you kind of take the past laid out of it like Leda and Nina and Callie are like this kind of like triptych of mothers. And, you know, one is, yeah, yeah, like Leda is this future version of Nina, but then both of them are kind of a potential future version for Callie. You know what I mean? Or, Or is Callie just this totally different narrative of motherhood of this woman who did really want it and has been trying for eight years. And we do kind of see like, like in the toy store, for example, I think she has some nurturing qualities about her. And so there's like, Oh, maybe she would be a good mother, but there really is all of these different kind of takes on motherhood. Um, that I, I, again, on the second time around, I really appreciated, um, especially with Nina's character. Cause I feel like Nina kind of, she's kind of hard to read, you know, especially the first time watching this. Yeah. That's interesting that you, that, that sort of analysis of Callie too, because like when she, when you see her, she's pregnant. I was like, Oh, this woman probably has like four kids you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just it just felt like she was already a mother. So to see that and to like you said, um, she wanted it so bad. And that, conver- you know, it's this old, whole side conversation we have had one of many about motherhood in this movie is just like women are, you know, the pressure to have kids. And if you even really want them or maybe you feel like you want them or maybe other people in your family are pressuring you to have kids even if you don't want them and not realizing how big of what is a it's like later one of latest like lines i think to nina no 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 to i think it was to callie i think it was in the cake scene like having kids is a soul-crushing responsibility yes happy birthday oh um and it is it is yeah right i mean it i i love that i love that moment of, mm-hmm. of just like Oh, I'm just classic Olivia Coleman. But yes, also just that like it is an exhausting experience. They come first. You are officially number two at best, you know. And I mean, as someone who does not want to have kids, boy, this movie really uh, validated a lot of my feelings of like, no, you're onto something. You got to really want this because these kids are going to drive you nuts. And you know, whether it's younger Leda, you know, uh, the kids smacking her or like crying incessantly for her to kiss the band, you know, the, the boo-boo, uh, or even into the future yes. at the toy store when Nina can't get the kid to let go of her. It's just like, 
you put yourself in those situations and it's like, I would lose my fucking mind, you know? And like, this is more than once, you know, that these things happen. Oh yeah. I would totally smack my kids. Like, <laughs> I, I hate saying that, but I would, I, I totally would. Like that one scene where like I wanted, um, it was a Jesse Buckley scene where the daughter like smacks her head like twice yep. or three times. That kid would have went out the window. Oh, I know. Oh. I, and like to just, I, oh gosh, the, the resolve to not physically harm your kid. Right? Like, <laughs> like to not oh give your gosh. kid a swirly in the toilet. You know what I mean? To just be like, that's it. Your head's going in. I'm done. You know, I mean, I don't have children. Nobody called Dyfus. You know, uh, I yes. will edit out the part of this episode where I did fight with my cat because he was trying to lay on the table. <laughs> and, you know, rest assured, folks, he won because he went from laying on the floor to laying on the table. So, um, yeah. So don't worry. We're not abusive. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's the point of this movie. And actually, I appreciate that the flashbacks were so, like, frustrating to watch because i think yeah it's really just trying to prove like and really make you feel what leda is feeling of like i just can't do this and you know she says like i'm suffocating you know and uh it's i think in comparison to say the hours you know with um yeah uh, with Mrs. Brown, uh, I, I feel like Laura Brown. With Laura, come yeah. to bed, Laura Brown. Take a bus to Canada, yes. Laura Brown. You know, I'm terrified. I'm Laura. terrified, Laura Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I feel like in the. I mean, I love the hours, but I, I did not feel as annoyed by John C. Riley and that little kid, as uh, yes. you know, as I did by latest two kids. You know. Yeah, it's just. You know, the role of the mother and, and like there's just so much of an imbalance, not with every couple, you know, married couple. And, you know, obviously it's not just a man and a woman who can have kids, but like there's always a parent's. I mean, like we said before so many times on this podcast, it always falls on the mom. The mom is expected to sacrifice everything for their kids, uh, you know, their career, their hobbies, their friendships, you know, their their freedom, basically, to ensure that these kids one just like at the very basic level just stay alive and two are like brought up well mm -hmm. and just like the outside criticism of like you know social media and other moms and family members i i really don't know how moms do it i don't i i just i i think of that scenario and even hypothetically and like the walls feel like they're closing in a little bit i know yeah like just all of that. I, I always think about with, with parenting that like my assumption is that you have to have, you have to have such a surplus like in your emotional bank account of wanting to have kids because there are going to be days that are going to like draw from that account, you know, when you don't feel like being a parent, but you still have to do it, you know? And I feel mm -hmm. like if you don't come into it with like, and, and who am I to say? I'm sure there's lots of parents who are like, oh, I, I just I went in terrified and I figured it out. But it just seems yeah. to me the ideal situation is that like you want it so much that even when they drive you fucking crazy, you're like, nope, I know I want this. I know I love this, even though I don't like it right now. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, like I think to my own childhood and like how much of a dick I was sometimes too. And like how much, you know, my dad worked and my mom took care of us. Like she didn't work for the longest time and then went back to work when we were like in middle school or elementary school. And just the importance of a good partner too. Like it's just, you know, she felt, you know, later in the movie, much like a lot of, you know, real women, you know, not in a movie, probably just feel so isolated by it right and how alone you feel and how you feel that you're fucking it up because you can't keep it together at target or your kids can't keep it together at target and i mean i i feel like if i if like those meltdowns that you see of kids just screaming i would just be like all right we're going i'm just gonna leave my cart here i'll get my starbucks on the way home it's fine i I don't know. And it's so interesting because I would love to hear, I, you know, in the couple TikToks I watched about this too, like, I want to hear what moms have to say about this movie. Yeah, I would be very curious to hear what my mother would say. But what I also think is very interesting is, uh, and you know, I don't know if you're, if, if Deb would be into this, but I think they make the point in this <laughs> movie that like, um, there is also a difference between be, between being the mother of boys and girls because yeah. uh, later you know that that couple in the flashback that they come across like they, they're staying at some house and there's some you know couple that's hiking and they they come and you know visit that they you know they drink with them yep. and they sing and all that and then at the very end and clearly there's some you know intrigue there because the guy is like you know i think latest husband says oh you know life is just so different without kids and the guy says, oh, no, I have kids, you know, and they're, you know, nine, seven and five. They're with their mother in London. And then Leda talks to the woman later in Italian and asks, like, are the kids OK or his daughter, you know, are his daughters OK? And she says, um, well, no, they're, you know, they're not daughters. They're, they're not girls. They're boys. And I think that's supposed to imply like, I don't know. I, I don't really know. I feel like it implies that boys are hardier you know that boys are cats and girls are dogs and boys will adjust to you sure. not being around but girls will feel it i don't know and maybe it's the mother-daughter thing but i uh, i thought that was another nuance i'd missed the first time that i appreciated the second time was yeah. that like it's also how does this feel as the mother of a girl versus mother of a boy and whatever other gender identities you want to add to that that's a whole other conversation obviously yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, I loved that scene with the hikers. I loved that goodbye. I thought that was one of like Jesse Buckley's best moments in the movie. I loved just seeing her come alive and like singing in Italian and just really having a good time because that's it's really one of the first times you see her smile in the movie because she's just like, you know, grieving mother almost like for the first, you know, when we begin to see her. Um, and it's it's kind of the first spark that we see of possibility of I don't know it's not like she decided right then and there like I'm going to leave my kids but it's just you know she's and I love that it was an Italian I love that that it was like that secret sort of like that they can have that conversation as women like openly yeah I felt like there was a lot in this movie about kind of like you know, ways that women communicate that can be nonverbal and can be, mm-hmm. you know, just a deeper understanding. I think gay folks can certainly kind of understand that in a way of like, oh, yeah, sometimes you don't have to say much to to know what the other one's talking about. And I feel like there was a lot in this, you know, of, of either Leda trying to communicate to Nina about like, you know, 
especially even at, at the toy store, you know, when she's like, don't bother getting another doll. It won't make a difference. And, you know, but yeah. even that scene between, you know, the younger Leda and the Italian woman, I felt like they just had this psychic understanding of each other and, you know, this psychic connection. And I think there was just mm-hmm. so much of that, of how the women in this movie connect and communicate and like the roles that the men play because all of the men, I mean, in some way there were so many scenes where I was like, these guys are just predatory as hell. And I don't even know why, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, so I also loved, we never talked about it. Like when you first watched it too, that Ed Harris is in this movie. Yeah. We love Ed. I know. I had kind of forgotten. And I had the same thought when Ed popped up, good old, you know, Ed from the hours. Uh, he knows something about a yes. woman running away from her kids. He was that kid. He was that I kid. Know. Oh my God. The connection. I never made that. Uh, oh my God. Don't roll out the window. Um, I, <laughs> I thought he, I think he is great in this movie. I feel like Same. he's not getting any appreciation, but he plays like, it's not just like typical, like rough around the edges, Ed Harris. He's like a kook in this movie. Oh yeah, watching him dance around, I was just like, "Ugh, I I didn't know I needed this, but I'm so glad I got it." Yeah. He's just, "Oh my god, I loved it." There was that scene where I think they eat, they have octopus together and like just them sitting on the couch and like there were so many close-up shots of him and I thought it was really impressive like the makeup that they've done on him. They really make him look very sun-aged and very worn down. I think more than Ed Harris yeah. maybe, you know, is naturally cuz he's an older guy, but uh, there was just a real narrative to the way he looked as someone who'd been, you know, living on the beach for the past, you know, what, 20, 30 years, you know? Yeah, I thought it was just like a beautiful, perfectly sized performance for Ed Harris. I'm always excited to see him. And like you said, it's like, come on. I think Ed Harris needs an Oscar one of these days. I feel like he's one of those guys. He's like... The Julianne Moore of men, you know? Yeah, he really is the Julianne Moore of men. I'm looking him up to or maybe see. maybe the Annette Benning. Oh, say, maybe. Because, you know, Annette doesn't have an Oscar That's yet. true. Yeah, Julianne Moore has got that, you know, still Alice, you know, she, she hasn't forgotten about that <laughs> one. Um, so, okay, well, let's just take a look on that topic of the, of the times that Ed Harris has been nominated. Uh, he got nominated for Apollo 13 as the Best Supporting Actor in 1996. And then in, I kind of love that nomination. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you know, I, have you seen, you've seen Apollo 13? Of course, yeah. I don't think I have, and I'm looking that up because I believe, is it Apollo 13 that has a Best Supporting Actress nomination for it, Kathleen yes, Quinlan? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, she's great. Oh, we, we might need to do this movie. Oh, oh, my God. She has such, like, um... Oh my god! Like Stalker Channing energy, but like Liz Taylor energy too. Yes. Like, well, she I just re- like yeah. Go ahead. I was say, well, she was in Airport seventy seven, and we queened out about her there. Oh my gosh! Why do I not even remember that? It's a very young Kathleen. Quinlan. She was probably really young. Yeah. yeah. I just remember that scene. And I, I don't know why. Out of all the scenes in Apollo thirteen, I remember her like they have a party like the night before, or maybe a couple days before, like the you know the launch and she's lying on this like lounge chair and she's like uh i don't want to clean up let's just sell the house and i say that to keon every once in a while when we have a party oh i love that oh i love it it's good you're quoting kathleen Kathleen. quinlan Um, yeah oh well i'm glad we went on that tangent that makes me feel good i anytime we can talk about kathleen quinlan or joe beth williams you know i just (laughs) those kind of ladies you know 
Um, yes. Somewhere. Oh, we forgot about Ed Harris, though. Sorry. Oh, no, we I were... did not. I did not. I okay. am right back. But that being said, in 1999, he got another Best Supporting Actor nomination for The Truman Show. And then in 2001, he was nominated for Best Actor for Pollock. And I feel like that was like his, you know, oh, that was his real Oscar yeah. push. But I don't know. Let's see who... People don't mind if we do a little Ed Harris. Let's see who won, who beat Ed Harris. Yeah, was that it year. like Capote or something? What was I think it that was year? a couple years later. It was okay. It was Russell Crowe for Gladiator. Gladiator. Oh, Speaking of Elizabeth Gladiator. Taylor, uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, up against Tom Hanks and Castaway and Jeffrey Rush and Quills and Javier Bardem and Before Night Falls. So it was a it's a tight race that year for best. Oh, and that was mm. that was the. That there were a lot of upsets uh, upsets that year because that was also when Julia Roberts beat out Ellen Burstyn for Best Actress. Oof! Yeah, don't bring it up. Don't bring it don't up. Bring that up. Don't bring it up. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Ed Harris. Oh, excuse me. In two thousand three, nominated for Best Supporting Actor for a little movie called The Hours. I was just gonna say. Yeah. yeah. So, Leslie, we forget. Yeah. Yeah. When is Ed gonna get a win? You know. Yeah. Is he just gonna be? One of those guys, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of always rooting for him. I think he's talented. He's great. And uh, Keon watched it more than me, but uh, Westworld. Oh. He was really good in Westworld, too. He just like, yeah. He's he's always great. He is. God, I can't believe Keon stuck with Westworld. Man, that says a, that's a he did, sign of character yeah. right there. Ugh. He'll stick with a TV show for a while. He will. He, wow. He'll sit it out. But um, I think he gave up eventually. Yeah. yeah. I think he just did a couple seasons. I think Westworld is, is less of a show and more of a like, you know, endurance test. Like how long can you tolerate Westworld? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Ed, maybe you'll get a, maybe you'll get a lifetime achievement award or something, but nice to see. Sure. He's a, he's a originally from Tenafly, New Jersey. So that makes me feel even more good feelings about him. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I realize a half hour in that we have not at all, like, summarized what exactly is The Lost Daughter uh, not featuring yes. Sonia Morgan or what it's about. I, you know, and I think that bring – and I'm not I'm not trying to then bring us to let's do a beat by beat because I think this would be the hardest movie to yeah. summarize. But it does bring me to maybe one of my takeaways on second watch is that this movie is two hours and one minute. And can you imagine if this was 90 minutes? Um, y- yes. I, are you saying, like, do you do I want it to be 90 well, minutes? I'm you confused know, by the question. I know. I, I guess I, I did kind of leave it. Well, I mean, you tell me. Do you want it to be 90 minutes? I didn't mind it. I will say um, it had a slow start. And I guess it was when, like... Nina was introduced where it started to pick up. I was just like, because there is a lot of just like her meandering around the island. I'm like, where is this going here? Like, you can only watch her like walk into the apartment so many times. But like you said, that was some of your favorite stuff the second time around too. her just kind of being. Yeah. uh, You know, by herself and kind of navigating that like vacation, the holiday as it is. But I did. It didn't feel like two hours, especially once it picked up. But um, but continue your thought. Well, I, you know, I think I wouldn't cut anything from the trip. I think all of the present day mm-hmm. stuff I loved. You know, I, I I totally get why the flashbacks are necessary. I think all of the Peter Skarsgård could have been totally chopped out, and I wouldn't have missed it. I think, he, I don't know. My own personal opinion. I think that he is. 
there's just something really skeevy about him and I just can't get past it. And there's just something skeevy about like Maggie Gyllenhaal directing her husband to fuck Jesse Buckley. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, (laughs) don't give me your like open free love. You know, we're all just actors here. We're just spiritual beings having a human experience. Bullshit. I don't, it just, Ugh, I'm, I'm, I feel like Olivia Coleman probably saw those scenes and was like, oh, well, okay. I guess some marriages are like that, you know? Like, I think I'm more team sure. Olivia on this, but... Do they have an open relationship? I don't think so. Maybe? I don't think oh, okay. so. You're I just, just kind of, I just the idea okay. of, like, there's just something so, like, you know, Peter and Jesse and Maggie sitting down to with an intimacy consultant, yeah. you know? And Peter, yes, and, yes, Peter yes. and Maggie doing some marriage counseling to navigate, you know... You know, the emotions that come up for Maggie, you know, it's, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't know what to say. I just don't like it. I just it. don't like um, it. I, I, I feel like that's a lot of where, much like Alexander Sarsgaard from, um, you know, uh, passing and even Big Little Lies, right? Mm-hmm. He's yep. Sars without the K, Sarsgaard. He gets sort of typecast in those, uh, you know, sort of abusive husband roles. I feel like that's the same with Peter Skarsgård. Like he's always sort of like I think of him in Garden State immediately. I feel like you would l- maybe like him in an education because um, it's more it's like his most like um, clean cut it's the most clean cut he's, he's like ever been. He always just has that like scraggly beard. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's the scraggly beard. Now I, I think they're all, wait, is he, is he related? They're all, all those scar SARS guards are together, right? No, it's such a weird. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't maybe know. Not. Um, he might be a separate SARS guard in any event. Uh, how many SARS guards does this country need? Um, <laughs> God, let down your SARS guards. I I don't know. There's just that smarmy way that he talks that like he's just like, eh, well, you know, I mean, you know, Maggie, I guess I could not get an erection. I don't know. You know, there's just this way that he talks sure. that just makes me I just don't like it. And um, That's so interesting. I don't mind him. I like him as an actor, but I but I, I respect and and see where you're coming from yeah, too. I don't know. I as I've you gotten older, like I've just gotten, I've, I've developed even more irrational feelings about things, including <laughs> Peter Sarsgaard and just that like, eh, that kind of way about him. Um, yes. But anyway, uh, so if I were to trim this movie down, because there, I, I could have spent, you know, uh, especially on the second watch, I could have spent plenty of time watching Olivia Coleman navigate, a, you know, a, a, a tricky emotional landscape in Greece, you know, as much time as they want to spend. Yes. But I guess there was part of me that wondered what this movie would be like if it was almost like 80% the trip and then just like 20% flashbacks, just like a couple of glimpses throughout, but not the same like real backstory. And yeah, I don't know. I guess I would have, I could have gotten together with more of that, like, watching watching this woman you know i don't know whatever happens to her on this trip which i guess is the next question of like what happens in this movie is you know watching her go through this you know experience to a potentially dying at the end of her vacation mhm yeah i it is hard to kind of explain the plot it's like she's a she's a professor she's on holiday she and you know from the very beginning that she's like she's not taking shit from anyone. Like she's sort of like, even though she's, uh, I guess 
you know, nice enough to the people around her. You know, the first sign of that is when, you know, Callie Callisto comes up and says, can you move? And she's like, no, thanks. I'm fine here. And it's just like, I'm not going to be bossed around by anyone for your dumb family, especially when they're all like loud and like, oh, God, the moment those those kids ran down to the beach, I was like, no, God. And then like the next day when that like black yacht showed up and I was like, oh, God, they're just they're so like gaudy and ostentatious and just awful. I mean, I love that. I love that idea that like these aren't good people and you know, we don't see their house, but we see like a glimpse of it when I guess Mm -hmm. late is going for a walk. And when she sees Nina with will, you know, making out in the woods, but she gets a glimpse of their house. And like, you just know that it looks like, you know, uh, Teresa Guadice's, you know, vacation home, you know? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's like, could we have accomplished the same thing without seeing the entire family? Like, still having Callie and a couple kids and Nina, but like, because I, I liked the intimacy of it. And I guess that's like, you know, it's it's all intentional because it does seem like this beautiful holiday she's having. You know, she kind of has Will to herself, mm-hmm. the adorable Will in oh. those short shorts. He looks great. Yeah, yeah. Will um, Will has, you know, the fact that he gets a whole dinner scene with Leda, I was like, I'm so jealous right now. You're living know, my dream. Yes. You're having a vacation dinner with Olivia Coleman and she's being very charming. I hate you. <laughs> I know. He gets her the ice cream cone. It's just um and then it's just kind of you know, eradicated by like all these these this group, this big loud Italian family, and just it it made me I, you you kind of are on Olivia's side too, and you're like, no, I'm not gonna move because of your big crazy family, and I'm not gonna eat your cake either. So you know, it's just a, I don't need your sympathy cake. Yeah, and I think there was something you know, as much as there's kind of like Will saying like, I'm glad you did that because they're not good people. I think that moment yeah. also made me think of like, just in general, like beyond like the motherhood thing. Like, just I'm sure there's other you know themes of this movie, but like the that idea of like saying, no, I'm not going to move for you. And that like mm-hmm. a lot of times we do just like give in to people like this because they're just being pushy. And we, we even see it in that scene. We see Callie like shooing other people down the beach and they're, and it's like, they barely have a chance to like react. And so yep. there is a way in which Leda is her unconventional way of doing things is, is in this situation, incredibly refreshing to just say, well, no, I, I literally don't have to move and, you know, I don't owe you anything. And, and this is, you know, this is my beach as much as yours. Like, but without even having to say all that, to just say, no, I'm good. I'm I'm actually really good here. Thanks. It was, uh, there was just something about that. I feel like there's, there's little things in this movie that also place this in the now. And I just, I don't know when I think of that, of like, either being honest with people or being polite or being real with each other. I don't know. I I like the idea of thinking like, how true is that in 2021? You know what I mean? What does it say about how we relate to each other nowadays? You know? Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know if I have like a button for that conversation too, but I I do like the idea. I, I think there's part of you that almost wants her to say, oh, yeah, sure. But she doesn't. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like yeah. it's like women ask other women to do something and they just comply. You know what I mean? But I think at this point in her life, too, Leda, it's like she doesn't need to say 
she doesn't need to do anything for anyone anymore. And it's kind of just, you know, this is even before we we even know that she left her entire family and is capable of like those types of decisions. So this is like, yeah, it makes more sense that she would say, no way, Jose. Right, <laughs> like, right. But, but we don't know that about her yet. But that's like the first indication that, you know, mm-hmm. she she can, she's tougher than we think she is. Yeah, up until that point, she's so like genteel Olivia Coleman. I mean, we get like, you know, line deliveries like, Will, what kind of ice pops have you got? You know, like we just get like <laughs> yes, her know, doing yeah. ice pop acting. And, and so then it's like that first glimpse of like, oh, you're... Like there's a moment in in the office where where Pam kind of like stands up to Karen and then Karen has like a talking head where she goes, Pam is kind of a bitch. And it's just like, yeah. And I just feel like Leda has that moment of like, oh, you're kind of a bitch Um, in a great way, you know, and obviously, you know, we see later on in the movie theater that she can really like release the beast and she yells at those guys. I'm going to cut off your tiny nuts and feed them to you like peanuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hated those kids like teen boys. The worst. Oof. Oh, the worst. They were just so rowdy. And like another great example. And that was the other thing I'm, I was thinking of when I talk about like um, things that place this movie in the now is when Leda is like, you know, I'm going to, you know, call the cops and they start chanting blue lives matter at her. And yes, I think there's yes. sometimes I don't like when stuff is placed like so much in a specific time or if people talk about Facebook in a movie. Um, but I felt like in this case, I liked that this movie that in some ways the story could have taken place in any era of the 20th century, you know, I, yeah. I or, you know, or the 21st even, but I, I could have seen this be, you know, a, something in the 1970s, you know? Um, oh yeah. So I liked there was, this context of like this woman in 2021. Um, But I, yeah, I don't really know where to go with that. It was just this feeling I had the second time I watched this, that like, this is very much placed in reality, you know? Yeah. So I I guess like, I want to talk about Jesse Buckley because I know you said that, you know, I, I think there is something to to like trimming down those scenes. Like if we were to really like watch it again and I were to watch it again too to maybe see what you could trim out. But did you like her performance? Do you do you feel like I said, we'd rather have Anne. We would love Ruth in that slot. Do you feel better about her nomination or are you still kind of indifferent after the second watch? I think it goes a little bit back to what you were saying about what you were talking about with Keon, where if I didn't know this was nominated, would I think of this as a nominated performance? Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, and then conversely, like, once something is nominated, do I see why, you know? And yeah, I think that she gives a good performance. I think that it is a really interesting role. I think that she, in no way is she a bad actress. I can't yeah. tell to be honest with you, if it's that I just don't think it's a, 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 you know, one of the five best of the year, certainly over, you know, Mademoiselle Dowd, or did I just find all of her scenes so incredibly unpleasant that I just can't like get together with the idea of like, Oh, did I enjoy her? Do I think this was award worthy? Cause it really is. Most of her scenes are really unpleasant. They're either she's either being annoyed by her kids or she's, you know, having sex with Peter Sarsgaard or she's like abandoning her family. Like it's and her husband's, you know, on his knees crying like it's 
it, it's just never like a good time with Jesse Buckley in this movie. So it's, it's a weird thing. I mean, ultimately I'll say this, you know, all this, all this, you know, going around the mulberry bush here, she's still not my <laughs> pick to win. I think at this point, yeah. BSA, like Oscars, like who's my like dog in the fight horse in the race. I think that it is, I forgot who else was nominated. I think, that, <laughs> let me look there's, it up. There's Judy, there's uh, Kirsten, there's Ariana, and um, who's the, f- and then we have Jesse. And Anjanou Ellis, that's the other one. And Anjanou Ellis, yes. I think that I, it's weird. I would be happy with either Ariana DeBose or Kirsten Dunst to win but I think it was that fucking Instagram post. Now I want Kirsten to win. Oh no. I know. I think she's my pick. <laughs> That's okay. A solid pick. A solid we pick. We liked her. I we feel did. like that was always kind of in our top two or top three. Yeah. Right. But like, what do you think? I liked her. I, I do think that in, in my experience watching it, that I got to, I, I saw more layers of this character. I do agree that like, on paper that most of it is just her being exhausted mother but like you know with the hitchhiker scene and her seeing like just seeing her tipsy a little bit or even when she occasionally gets a little goofy with the girls or you know and even her being excited about you know ordering champagne in the hotel room you know what I mean I Mm -hmm. feel that there's so much of the her as this mother in this role that is so defeated or, you know, isolated and, and really running on fumes that when that it's hard to really be excited about it because it is just like a slog. And like, you know, she gets to yell at her husband, like she gets that scene. Um, and I, I, like I said, I really love the hitchhiker scene. I love her like talking dirty in Italian at the playground. I, I, I think I got more out of it in my first watch, I think, um, than, than maybe you did with your first or second, too. But I get it. I, I think that, you know, the, her daughter's whining like the one. Oh, my God. That one scene where well, we, we talked about the, the hitting on the head mm-hmm. and then the other scene of like she just wanted her finger to be kissed. Yeah. After she like got a boo boo. And then I was watching a TikTok before we started recording about how this one girl watched that scene and it like really triggered her like to like childhood and she said she was like crying like watching it and and, you know that's a whole different can of worms um but i i liked her i really did i i think it's i think it's like um is it like a textbook bsa performance in some ways yeah it's like i feel like she's checking most of the boxes that we like but i but I, I also understand where you're coming from. But I, I'm I'm at peace with the nomination. I think it's kind of... I didn't know who she was before this movie either, too. So I, I don't know what else she's been in. But hopefully there's some stuff that she's already been in that I, we haven't watched. Or, you know, maybe listeners can, uh, can suggest something. Or maybe there's more to come. Yeah, I mean, it looks like she's been in a bunch of stuff. But I would love folks to give, you know, again, I, you know, I think she seems great. I know she was in this movie. I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, oh, I've heard of. That. Yeah, because there's supposed to be this like amazing dinner sequence with Tony Collette. And, you know, my feelings of Tony Collette and dinner sequences. So, yes, I, uh, you know, I might need to do some digging. But, yeah, this one is uh, it's an interesting one. I uh 
I, I can't think of another performance where I've had this kind of feeling of like, ugh, I just didn't like any of your scenes. Because it's like, for example, like Monique and Precious. It's not like she's mm-hmm. tiptoeing through the tulips for 90 minutes. Like, it's miserable. And yet I can't get enough of that performance. But yeah. So maybe this is, you know, maybe this is hitting some different nerves. But, you know, I could also understand why someone would see that, you know, kiss my boo-boo scene and feel some feelings. Because I think that was also... As much as it was annoying to watch like a kid just whining over and over, I thought it was effective in like, wow, this woman is like, she won't even, all the kid wants is for her to kiss her fucking finger, you know? But yeah, like, she's pretty withholding. Yeah, <laughs> she's so withholding. And it's like, okay, sure, you put the bandage on, but that's not what she's looking for. And so I thought that was interesting, but. I don't know. I have a thing with movies that have like phones that ring too long or doorbells that ring too often. Oh, yes. Fire alarms and, you know, things like that where I'm like babies crying, you know, where it's like, okay, I get it. It's annoying. But like now it's annoying. You know, what did I what did we just talk about? my, My brain is mush. Did I send you a clip of something or did we watch? Was it last week on the pod where we were talking about you? You texted me. You were like, oh, my gosh, the phone ringing. Oh, it was like it was a kitchen scene and you were like, and the phone ringing to boot. Oh, my gosh. What was that? Oh, wow. I don't remember that at all. But I, I... it was like a f- it was a fight of some sort. It was like a reality oh. TV moment. Oh, you know what it was? This yeah. is so stupid. It was a reality team. Mo- it, it was when I sent you the um, <laughs> the clip of Jill Zarin's um, Instagram story where her like now boyfriend, I guess, with was that blender. Oh yeah, and oh Jill was yelling at him, and oh. then the phone rang, and it was so stressful. Oh my yes, god, yes, yes. I'm glad I remember I that. That would have drove me crazy. Oh my god, it all comes back to Jill. That was really funny. The, She's like, "What are you? What doing? are you doing?" Oh my god, where was Allie? She's probably filming it. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. Well, I know, but as you know, in terms of, you know, who should win uh, best supporting actress. So are you're. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't answer the question. Yeah, that's um, OK. I think I'm really rooting for uh, Kristen <laughs> Kirsten <laughs> or Kirsten. I don't know what to say, but I just because I feel like she's earned it. But I think it's kind of what I said last week, and I guess it's like it's not an answer, and it is an answer. Like I think Ariana DeBose would be such a moment, um, but I I think at this point too, especially with all of like the power pun intended of Power of the Dog, and just like every like it's probably gonna win Best Picture, it's probably gonna be Best Director. Yeah, right, um, right. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like I feel like this performance or like Olivia like it's such a great pairing of like if Olivia were to win for this movie and if Benedict Cumberda- Cumberdatch <laughs> wow <laughs> Cumberbatch were to win for the power of the dog I feel like they're similar performances in some ways like they're just like distant cousins maybe but and and then if like Will Smith was to win and Nicole Kidman were to win it's like those go a little bit they're both biopics they're both like Hollywood A-listers that have been in the game for so long. And then there's like these two other British actors as well, too. I I wonder what variation of that we're going to get. Yeah. I mean, I think that does raise the question. I think what we haven't really talked about is, of course, Olivia Coleman as Leda Mm -hmm. and and her, you know, Oscar nomination and potentially winning an Oscar. I mean, I 
I think just to remind everybody, including myself, the best actress race this year includes Olivia Coleman for Sonia Daughter. Sonia Daughter is my lost Morgan. And <laughs> uh, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Mm-hmm. You know who? Being the you know what? Yes. And Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. I, yeah. you know, I'm actually, I, I really want to see Parallel Mothers, but I feel like same, it, like I'd be shocked if it won just from like, you know, buzz alone. But I have to say, even not having not seen Eyes of Tammy Faye yet. Well, and I, I guess we'll talk about Spencer. I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, do you think that Olivia Coleman's going to win? Or do you feel like this is Kristen Stewart's? What do you think now having seen... Uh, I know you haven't seen oh, you know yeah. what you know who's, but I can assure you it's not the best performance. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm secretly kind of gunning for Kristen Stewart. I don't know why. It's just like I thought. You know, we'll talk about it in the after show too because I assigned you Spencer this week, so I can't wait to hear about it. Um, I I just really love that performance. I love that. I just think it's such a comeback story for her, like to really erase those Twilight years and, um. I don't know. It's like there's so much talent in that leading actress category, too. And, like, I think Dublin's Otro posted in his story the other day. It's like, it's such a... Sh- he said uh, if Parallel Mothers were in English, um, Penelope Cruz would be getting her Blue Jasmine Oscar this year. Oh. And I, I agree. I, I feel that that's probably the truth. It probably, it probably is the performance of the year, and it's just not getting the attention. I mean, it, it was she was nominated, which is great. I I'm really eager to see that movie, and I I don't know where it is. It might just be in theaters, or I I need to do some research. Well, I am looking at IMDb, and it's not telling me that I can watch it on Netflix. But uh, I think it's just in theaters right now. But I uh, I think it'd be great because having on in the details, we just did an episode on a Pedro Almodovar movie. Yes, yes. And I got to tell you, I mean, I was I had seen you know maybe one other of his before, but oh boy. Oh, like he is he is the best supporting actresses director and so and best actresses kind of director. I mean, he's just oh my god, incredible. And so I am doubly excited now to see Parallel Mothers and even after that kind of uh fine to say that this might be a great nomination for Olivia, but I don't think it needs to be her second Oscar, you know? I almost kind of feel like, yeah. eh, why not? Let's just put the chips on Penelope because it feels good, you know? Yeah, it's like maybe Kristen or Penelope. Let's yeah. go with uh, Let's go, the underdogs. Let's go with here. the underdogs. Yeah. I think that feels good because you know who it's going to end up being? It's going to end up being you know who for not being the you know what. I know. And, uh, yeah, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I've complained about it on so many episodes and nobody seems to be changing it. So I guess I'm going to eventually have to make peace with it, you know? Yes, I wanted. I want to know. I know we're talking about Oscars and and nominations, but I want to know what you thought of Dakota Johnson because I really liked her in this. I forgot it was her. I was. I think I was listening to uh, what was it? Pop Culture Happy Hour, and one of the like the guest host was like, "All she wears is like a bathing suit and eyeliner, and she's beautiful." Yeah, she really is, and that big hat. But go on. I you were starting. Oh yes, I have such a crush on Dakota Johnson. I think she is. Ugh. I mean, I I fell in love with her from that movie Suspiria, the the remake, and the. Oh yeah. You know, honestly, like it gets. I think I could handle it. I actually think you could, and I think you would love it because. 
Tilda Swinton. I mean, all of it. Yeah, it's, Tilda. It's, it is literally all women. It is literally all women. I mean, uh, it is. An, I. Oh my God, you need to see Spiria. Um, but I fell in okay. love with her in that, and I just really appreciated her after that. That like, anytime I saw J- Dakota Johnson after that, I was like, oh. There's that queen. So I, you know, I found that the first time I saw this movie, I did not know what to make of her performance. And I kind of, I thought she was going to, she was like the BSA of the movie. So by the end I was like, well, what the hell was that? But watching it again, Mm -hmm. it's, again, there's something about this performance and I can't figure out why this is reading that like, I could see this being a performance in a movie from the 70s. There's something kind of mysterious and kooky and like textured about it that like just feels, I don't know. It just feels different. Um, All that to say that I I really enjoyed her in this and uh, it's a very, it's a very subtle performance. Like it'd be very easy to see this and go, come on, give us something Dakota, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think even from that first frame, because there's a lot of like tight shots in this movie, especially like on the women. And when she first meets Leda at the beach, just her sort of reacting to Leda, like they really don't pan away from her. And like you said, it's like she's so beautiful, but like she is a really good listener. Like just like there's a face journey that really doesn't necessarily go anywhere, but I can't take my eyes off of her at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It just, I feel like I'm, I'm paying attention to her, her micro moments kind of in the same way of like Olivia Coleman, where I'm just like watching closely. Yeah. What is she thinking? Mm -hmm. And, and, yeah, just I feel like she just like hasn't slept in weeks. And I feel like that comes across like the entire time. She's just so exhausted. And I, I do love I feel like I need to find that gif of her like walking in the water and giving her like boyfriend or husband the middle finger. <laughs> like, I just oh, think that's yes. like, such a great yeah. gif of her just like stomping through the waves. It, it made me laugh. Ugh. Yeah, she was uh, I'm, I'm looking at her IMDb I'm like, oh, what do you got coming up? What do you, what, she's in 2022, which is this year. She's going to be in Persuasion, which is oh, based on the novel okay. by Jane Austen. So right. I know you could see that. I know your feelings on sense and sensibility. Uh, sure. Is that Jane Austen? Uh, yeah, and Pride and Prejudice yeah. as well. Yes. Uh, that's what I meant. Yes. That's what I meant. Pride and Prejudice. Yes, I, I, I knew. That's yeah, what you I meant. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> just making sure you were listening. Uh, making okay. sure you knew what movie you liked. Uh, I don't recognize anyone else in this movie, but yeah, so she's, uh, that should be interesting. Yeah, I really liked her. Yeah. Um, other than, I'm trying to see if there's anyone else that we haven't really talked about. I mean, it, as you said, it's kind of an intimate movie, so that's pretty much, uh, you know, that's the cast. Uh, yeah, I feel good. Should we talk about the ending? Yes. What do you think? Now, it's, spoilers it's 58 minutes in folks you know either you saw it or you didn't but at the end of the movie uh and and i oh god i thought about you the whole time when when she stole the doll i thought oh this is one of those things that i thought like would drive you nuts that like oh god god. she has the doll yes yeah (laughs) are they gonna get it back like i just felt like i could see this driving you crazy I was so nervous for her that like like every pine cone that fell on her back, I was like, someone's going to kill you. Yeah, like, they just know. Look yeah. yeah, they know. I just hated that she was holding this doll hostage. And, you know, I was like, why does she still have the doll? And like, you know, and there's like a whole bunch of 
some obvious, some not so obvious things. It's just like her second chance, uh, you know, at, at being a mother. And like, maybe that's the type, it's the perfect version of being a mother because it's a dog. Right. You know what I mean? She could tear, she could take care of it and just kind of, you know, put it in the cover when she wants and like play with it when she wants. And, but it's like fucked up in a way because it's a kid's doll. So it's just like this whole situation. And she, um, she has that line yeah. with, um, with Nina of like, you know, oh, I'm an unnatural mother. She says, yeah. you know, when you when Nina's like, you know, why did you take the doll? And she's like, I don't know. I just was playing. I'm an unnatural mother. Like I, I love that. Like, yeah, this was, this might be the level of motherhood that like Leda feels that she is capable of, you know? Yeah. And so, yes. So then thank God, you know, uh, Nina gets the doll back, but as will warns us in the beginning, these are not good people. And she stabs Leda with a hat pin that Leda bought her in act two to keep that mm-hmm. stupid hat on. And, then, you know, she storms out of what you better watch your back hunt or whatever. And she leaves. Yeah. And then later, you know, later on, I mean, we, we see her pull the hat pin out, but then, you know, it jumps to that night and she's packed your bags and kicked them down the stairs and she is driving off and it seems, you know, she starts to, and she's been having some kind of like dizzy spells throughout the movie. Yes. So, you know, she's a little, she's a little, uh, something's going on anyway. But she eventually kind of, you know, loses control, crashes the car, uh, walks down to the beach and collapses on the, you know, on the on the shoreline. And then the ending is her in the morning sitting up, talking to her daughters who are somehow together on the phone and having a lovely conversation. And then, oh, there is an orange and she can peel a snake off from the orange, you know, from the orange peel and mm-hmm. my assumption is that she didn't survive the car accident or the tr- final trip to the beach. I, I my assumption is that orange wasn't just coincidentally in her pocket. Yeah, I I I do have to mention her her um tactic of just kicking her luggage down the stairs. Oh, That's like yes. how I am when I'm on a, <laughs> when right. I'm on a trip. I'm like, Keon, get the suitcase." Yes. I just kick it down. Uh he's at the bottom. Um <laughs> but yes, I agree. I I I do think she didn't make it. And I I am stealing this from something I saw on TikTok because it, it's too beautiful not to mention um, that there's like a fan theory, not a fan theory, but just like a theory that when um, that she's saying goodbye to her daughters, you know, because she, you know, passed away on the beach or even in the car accident. Um, and But the first time she left her daughters, there's a scene where she distracts her daughters by doing the orange, tra- uh, you know, peeling the snake and then she leaves yep. for three years. And that this is like an alternate version of that. She's saying goodbye to her daughters once and for all with yet another orange. Um, and yeah, like there's just something too perfect about it. It's very like black swan. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I, I liked that idea. Yeah. I, I like that idea. And I, you know, I, it's always sad to think, Oh God, then at the end she dies, but there's also some sense of like, you know, we know from earlier in the movie that she has, really like a tricky relationships with her daughters and like they're it just it's still you know difficult even into adulthood and you know and they're grown and and don't really seem to need her or really care what's going on in her life and i think what that really speaks to is maybe that that kind of empty nest feeling especially you know being a, 
not without, you know, being without a husband or a partner mm-hmm. of like, well, you know, I, that feeling that maybe a lot of parents have had of like, well, who am I now? Because my identity for however many years was being a caretaker and being a parent. And now what the fuck am I, you know? And like, sure, she's got her, like her, her work and her writings and all that, but she's always had that. And I think that like, not to say like, well, you know, what is she else, what else does she have to live for? She might as well die on the beach. But I think it really speaks to that feeling of like, you know, I felt by the end of this movie of like, even as she was leaving the the apartment, I just felt like, well, where is she going to go? And like, yeah, she, you know, go home or hopefully go to a doctor. But in a larger sense of like, what is her life now? What, what does she go back to? And um I found yeah. myself like I it was as I love that, you know, I, I didn't I can't say I love that we had so many flashbacks to her younger life. But what I want to know even more about is what does her current life look like at home? You know? Yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, it's always like the, the grass is always greener. And I was uh, listening to an interview with Maggie Gyllenhaal about how you know, even her as a mother, like you, you dream of leaving, but you never leave, you know, you love your kids and you even, you you stick it out. So this is like the version of what her life would look like once she left her kids was great. But also it's like, you can't, you can't have your, your ice pop and eat it too. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't get, she doesn't stay with Peter Skarsgård, you know, she's alone and she, probably doesn't have a relationship with her husband anymore obviously too like the because she fucked it up she left and you can't repair what you had but it's it's just like the consequence of being selfish and leaving you know yeah. or pursuing this sort of career which she does have but um it's just little pieces of that now yeah yeah it just it's such a like I don't know it, it, I feel like it was such a lose-lose situation and again I think about the hours and I think about you know Laura Brown leaving and like starting a new yeah. life in Canada as a librarian or something and it's just it, it yeah there it, it's like there's already something lost that you can't replace I guess you a lost daughter for example yeah um <laughs> the lost mother you know Sonia Morgan and my lost mother uh yeah I I don't know I I I am with you I can't say I fully understand this still but I appreciate that it's trying to say something you know yeah of course do you this is like kind of my last question and tying in, in the ending I don't know if maybe the one thing I would have changed but I feel like when a movie starts out with such a pivotal scene like that and you already know she's going to like collapse on the beach. I'm like, did we need that? Like, right, right, right. I don't know. Cause it, it, there's a few cuts to it again later in the movie that almost feel like, you know, when she kind of like passes out while Ed Harris is at her apartment and then she kind of has a glimpse of it, which I thought was, was kind of interesting and maybe ties in again to this feeling of like, what is my life now? But like, Mm -hmm. it was as if she was getting like premonitions that she was going to die. I don't know. Like it was, it was strange that it was almost set up as like a dream that she was having of her passed out on the beach. Yes. And like that she could have had, like there's something there between her and Ed Harris. Like he was making an effort to get to know her. And it's like at that late in life, like granted, like he probably was, I think in real life, they're about like 20 years apart, maybe even 25 years apart. So, but, but just to have companionship, you know what I mean? I'm sure he feels lonely at, and not that she would have stayed there. I don't know. It's all very interesting. Like you said, like where, 
where would she have gone? Mm-hmm. It kind of had to end like that. Yeah, it, that's exactly it. It's exactly this. There's so many movies where like, you know, it, it feels that way that like the tragic ending or the sad ending is really the only ending. It has to end that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it it's not a it, it's not a laugh riot of a movie, but I I do have to say I I will eat some words from what I'd said in the past about not liking the Lost Daughter. I I like it. I don't love it, and I don't like all the whining, but I understand why it's there. And then there's some other <laughs> stuff that I don't know why it's there, but I get it's probably for a reason. And yeah, I don't want to ask Maggie because I don't want to see Peter because you know my feelings. <laughs> And that beard and that goddamn beard. I just it's just too much. I'm just so afraid it, the whole thing's gonna go in my soup. You know what I mean? <laughs> the whole thing just boom. You know, and like it's just gonna be broccoli yes. cheddar and beard. Ugh, I know. Uh, I, don't... I don't like that shape of beard, but I know a lot of women do, and I guess men too. Um, you know. Uh, yeah. So there's that. So know. that's that. I mean, I think that's probably the most appropriate note to end on is Peter Sarsgaard's there we go. beard, you know, <laughs> Razzie Award soupy winner. Beard. Yeah, his soupy beard. Peter Sarsgaard's soupy beard. That's a, it's a, <laughs> a vocal warm up. So if you've learned anything from this episode, <laughs> Peter Sarsgaard's soupy beard. Peter Sarsgaard's soupy beard. Peter Sarsgaard's soupy yeah. beard. Oh, that's it. Well, you can find me on my other two podcasts, including In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance. Finally, I've put out a new episode uh, all about the movie, all about my mother with uh, now three-time guest Leanne. It was a great conversation, an amazing movie. Uh, So that is now uh, available Um, or maybe already in your feeds because you already subscribed to In the Details a long time ago because... Um, anyway, why not? why not? Because you know, you know how to treat yourself and you can also find me on all right, Mary talking about drag race and, uh, other things. And you can also find me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore and Twitter at Colin Drucker. And you can get more of both of us on Instagram in a best supporting capacity at BSA pod best supporting. Nope. Help me. Yeah, no, you were, you had it. Yeah. At BSA, BSA pod. pod. You were doing so well. Yes. At and BSA we got pod. A, quite a lot of followers this week. So join the party folks. It's uh, Instagram's where it's at. Oh, that makes me feel good. And I think like truth be told, yeah. we're, we're shifting away from Twitter. You know, at least I know I am yeah. emotionally. So join us on Instagram. And you can also send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. We did get an email this week. Um, I have to give him a shout out from Jed, um, who wrote in a very short email only to tell us or or tell me, I guess, specifically that he also enjoys uh, his forearms being massaged. (laughs) He gets a massage. He gets it. And I was like, ugh, the validation. Right. So let that be a hint to all of y'all that uh, we love to hear from you, whether it's about Best Supporting Actresses or not, at thebsapod at gmail.com. And uh, be sure to join us for the Best Supporting After Show exclusively on Patreon at patreon.com slash bsapod, where we will be continuing to queen out on what we've watched, what we've assigned each other, who we're loving this week, and, you know, a couple of tangents that I can't even predict. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think so. 
Uh, anyway, we'll be there. And uh, that, as they say, is that. Is that.